Welcome to Baking House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So today is the brownie episode. I have a love-hate relationship with brownies. <laughs> I, I love them, and that's probably why I hate them, because uh, they are, well, they're really high in calorie. There's not a lot of nutritional value in a brownie. Not that that's what life's about, but... Anyway, I had developed a recipe with the help of one of my bakers and she had bought it to me and she said that this is such a good recipe and she called it her suicide brownies. We made it and I renamed it because it would be controversial to have the word suicide as a description of a baked good. You don't want to be at all controversial or actually in even insensitive to people that have you know have suffered from su either having suicidal thoughts themselves or you know loved ones or family members and i think all of us have actually had some type of encounter with somebody i renamed it to killer brownies and my husband loves them too so being the good wife, I brought home about four brownies. Well, actually, it wasn't about. It was exactly four brownies. He didn't even eat them on day one. On day two, those brownies are still sitting on the counter. And I'm looking at them. And I'm thinking about them. <laughs> and then they were still there day three. I just remember I was watching that series called Lost. So that gives you an idea of when this was, maybe 15 years ago. So it was a long time ago. Anyway, I was home alone watching it and I, I probably drank a glass of red wine. You know, I used to be able to drink red wine without getting a headache. But anyway, I kept thinking about those killer brownies on the counter. I decided I'm going to go have one. And they're pretty big. My brownies are, well, actually, to be exact, they're four inches by four and a half inches. They're good size. So I ate one. And then I started thinking about the rest of the brownies. So as you can probably imagine, I ate another and then another. And then I'm kind of thinking, why stop now? So I ate all four of those brownies. And then I was in that zone of self-loathing where you just so disgusted with myself that I ate all those brownies and I'm full. and. My husband comes home and then he says, where are all the brownies? I'm like, I ate them. And he says, all of them? I'm like, yeah. And it's your fault. You're the one that let them sit there for days and you didn't even, you didn't even eat one. And I'm not, and I told him, I said, I'm never bringing home brownies again. And this day, I haven't. You know, he can go to the bakery and get whatever he wants. He goes there occasionally and picks up. And he will bring brownies um, to home. And I told him <laughs> he can't leave them out on the counter. So he has a, a van. So he tends to bring the brownies home and then puts them in his van. It's not like I haven't had a brownie since then. Because I will put them on the sample board at the bakery. And I'll cut off a piece. And then I'll come back and have another piece. And then I have to announce to everybody, anybody who's listening, usually my staff, it says, I'm not eating any more brownies. And that was that will help me sometimes because I feel like I 
made a commit out loud commitmenters. So there's my love and hate relationship with the brownies. Brownies were developed in the United States, and it was at the end of the 19th century, popularized in the U.S. and Canada during the first half of the 20th century. So as the story goes, Bertha Palmer, I'm not making this up, that's her name, Bertha. Anyway, she was a prominent Chicago socialite whose husband owned the Palmer House Hotel. And in 1893, Palmer, she had asked a pastry chef for a dessert that would be suitable for ladies attending the Chicago World Expo. So she requested a cake-like confection that's smaller than a piece of cake that could be included in box lunches. The result was the first brownie called the Palmer House Brownie. Why make brownies out of a box? I had a roommate in law school that I remember making brownies. Honestly, they were not good. I think I had one and I was just being polite to finish it. And I remember thinking, I don't really like brownies that much. There's only one reason to make it out of a box because you have no idea how easy it is to make brownies. I mean, seriously, with the boxes, they put all, they make you buy all the expensive ingredients, right? They're making, they're charging big time for, for cheap ingredients in those boxes. And then I looked them up. So I looked up Betty Crocker's. It had less than 2% cocoa and it had artificial ingredients. Funny, it didn't say what the artificial ingredients were in there, just that it was artificial ingredients were contained. So then I looked up Ghirardelli chocolate brownie mix. For those of you who are not familiar with Ghirardelli, it's a premium chocolate in the United States. Uh, I think it's out of San Francisco, I want to say, because there's Ghirardelli Square there. And we use Ghirardelli cocoa at the bakery. So I'm a fan of them. So they do have a chocolate brownie mix. And it's about three times the price as Betty Crocker's. It also had an ingredient of artificial ingredients without telling you what they were. And then I looked at their recipe. They do tell you to add chocolate chips to the mix. And I would have to say what I think one of the keys or secrets, if you will, to a good brownie recipe is using real butter and adding in extra chocolate. At the bakery, what we use is a semi-sweet chocolate. I believe that it has more balanced flavor. And, and this is also to me. But remember, our taste buds are unique. So I'm going to tell you what I, I find. The semi-sweet chocolate gives a balanced flavor. And that's why it's in our chocolate chip cookie recipe. And I think it has pretty much the right amount of sweetness and chocolate flavor. Now, a darker chocolate with a little bit more of like a, the bitter cocoa notes than a semi-sweet, it's going to have a stronger presence in the brownie or cookie. And it could overwhelm some of the other subtle flavors in the recipe. However, if you like the taste, if you want to taste the dark chocolate first, then use dark chocolate chips or even chunks. You can just take a, a you know, whatever, a dark candy bar, <laughs> Hershey's bar, whatever, and then chuck, chuck it all up and then put it in your recipe. So we fold this in the batter before it's baked. And if you don't, Wanna? If you don't got any chocolate chips, you don't have to. This recipe will taste good without the chocolate chips. But really, why not include them? 
it will make a difference. The other thing I noticed on these boxed recipes, they were touting in their marketing of how it's so easy to clean up because it's a one bowl recipe. And I had to laugh about that because brownies really are a one bowl recipe. I mean, you could complicate it up and muck it up and make, you know, five bowls if you really wanted to, but really only need one bowl for this. This recipe I'm going to give you, it's going to make about a half sheet size. So in the bakery industry, we have, we use full sheets. I cut the recipe in half. It's going to yield about 12 brownies that are four inches by four inches wide and pretty much about an inch tall. So that, they're pretty good size. And keep in mind, you can cut them up as however small you want. This, you could use a, you know, like if you have a lasagna pan, you could use that. Or if you have an eight by eight kind of a cake pan or nine by whatever, nine by 10. The idea is it's got to be pretty good size pan. It's got to be able to fit in your oven. Or if you want to use a cookie sheet that's got, a, you need at least a half an inch thick. Keep in mind, it's not really going to grow in the oven. It's not like a, a bread, but it does solidify and there's a tiny, you know, tiny bit of growth or whatever. So you want to make sure when you fill your container up, first of all, don't go over two inches. It just doesn't bake properly. It's not a cake recipe, right? It's too heavy. Also allow enough, like, oh, I don't know, maybe a quarter of an inch, just something for it to get a little bit bigger because you don't want to have brownies all over your oven. And I do have that memory. So there's a winery in San Luis Obispo County called Tobin James, and they are known for their Zinfandel. So I used to trade them wine and then I don't drink wine anymore because it gives me a headache. <laughs> but anyway, so I had um, what I would charge them for the brownies and then I traded them for dinner rolls. They have a Zinfandel Fest weekend and they would order, I'm not kidding, 20 full sheets of brownies. I remember taking our recipe, you know, multiplying it by 10, and then we had to do two batches because I actually have, my oven will only hold 18 pans. Anyway, this would also happen to be the day that one of my shelves literally fell. So it was on screws, or I don't know exactly what happened, but the whole thing fell. And so then I had to call them up and, and tell them I couldn't produce the other second half. So anyway, so we need to get, 10 trays. I called the oven repair guy and he came out and fixed it, but not until I had to go crawl in the oven and literally scoop out all this, all this chocolate brownie mess on the bottom of the oven. It, on top of there's ashes in there. And, you know, anyway, there's always a bunch of other stuff in the bottom of the oven when you're cleaning it out. And that's probably the other reason that I, I have a, a hate of brownies. <laughs> A love-hate. That's part of the hate category was the cleaning up of that mess. You want to give a little bit of room on top so it doesn't fall over and then you have to clean up brownie mess in your oven. If you use a mixer, I just use the paddle attachment. Um, you don't need to use a mixer by any means. You can just use a whisk. Or if you don't have a whisk, you can use a fork. But you do kind of want to whip it up a little bit. One and a half cups of butter melted. I prefer unsalted butter. And you can just microwave it. Well, that's exactly what we do in the bakery. And then a quarter cup of canola oil. If you want to use vegetable oil, you're welcome to use vegetable oil. 3.25 ounces of unsweetened cocoa. 
and that is weighed. It's not measured. I do weigh out certain ingredients and we measure others, but this cocoa really should be weighed. It's just a different, it's a hard to get accurate if you're going to measure like in the cup version. It's 3.25 ounces of unsweetened cocoa. And when I say unsweetened, so it's not like your cocoa, like you make hot chocolate with, which has got a lot of sugar in it. So it's pretty powerful. Unsweetened cocoa, and then three and a quarter cups of your granulated sugar, one tablespoon of real vanilla, and three-fourths a cup of your sweetened chocolate syrup. And we get ours in a can. It happens to be Hershey's, but you can use whatever kind you want. So it's just a chocolate syrup that's got the sweetener in it. That's maybe what you would do for your hot cocoa. And then seven eggs. And then you just basically beat that all together. And now you're going to add your dries. And that is one and three-fourths a cup of a pastry flour or all-purpose. I prefer not to use bread flour, but if that's all you got, go ahead and throw it in there. Just careful not to overmix. And then one teaspoon of salt. And you mix that. And then you want to fold in your one and a half cups of chocolate chips or chocolate chunks. And when I say fold it in, the reason that I use that term in the recipe is because you've mixed all the ingredients together and then you just put in your chips and you can still use your mixer, but turn it on a very low speed and just until the chips get incorporated. I don't want a higher speed because here's what happened. And I don't want you mixing longer, longer because, okay, you don't want gluten development. In these. And then the second reason is, is I don't want the chips to disappear and what if you beat it too long the chips will disintegrate into into your batter it's not the end of the world you can still bake it off and it's going to taste great but i prefer to have chocolate chip chunks in my brownies so there's all kinds of options to do with this recipe i would try it once just by itself if, and see how you like it i think you will find it's delicious and everybody seems to really love the brownies but some options for you, and this is after you bake it. So after you bake it, because you can do like half of it, you can try it plain, and then you can decide that you're going to try to dress up some of the other brownies that are still left there. We don't frost our brownies in the bakery, but if you were going to frost it, what I would suggest you do is it's three tablespoons of softened butter. So it's kind of partially melted. And then three tablespoons of cocoa. So it's kind of a lot. Then one teaspoon of your vanilla extract and then one cup of confection sugar. So that's your powdered sugar. And just basically stir it until it's smooth. Now, if it's not, um, looks too runny, you just add some more sugar in there. And if you want to make it a little more of a mint brownie, because this is where we I got the recipe from. So for St. Patrick's Day, we'll do mint brownies. And we'll add in a, on the frosting. So we will make our recipe and then half of it will frost. And we'll put a little green food dye there too. <laughs> Just like one to two teaspoons of mint extract in there is enough in the frosting. And so it's one teaspoon. If you want like a slight mint flavor, if you want a little more pronounced, then add two teaspoons. And they want to try to frost your brownies when they're warm still. So maybe let them cool for about 10 minutes or so, and then it'll just spread easier. And if you wanted to go a little more like on a salty, crunchy side, 
you can add in like crushed pretzels or or even whole pretzels. You can just put them on the on the top of the frosting. They won't stick to the brownies after they're baked very easily. You want to wait till they're done baking, make your frosting, and then try to stick the pretzels on top of there. The other thing you can do is you can just dust your brownies with powdered sugar if you like that, and then just call it good. So before baking options, well, one, if you like a little more spice in your brownies, and this is kind of a combination of a, sort of a kick and a spice. And what I mean by that is put some cinnamon in it. So I would recommend no more than a tablespoon of cinnamon. And then I would throw in like a quarter teaspoon, just a quarter, not much of a cayenne pepper. And we actually have cayenne pepper in the bakery because we use it for a chicken avocado salad mix. And it's just a little bit of a pinch. And, and that's what kind of gave me the idea because it'll, it has a flavor that you, it's so subtle, but you know, there's something in that recipe that was hot. And so that's what we use. So it, I wouldn't go more than half a teaspoon in this recipe and um, because otherwise it'll be a, a little too strong and, and you don't really want a peppery brownie. Well, maybe you do. And if you do, then go for it. But I would be cautious, caution you to approach that cayenne pe pepper with respect because it will take over. It's a pretty powerful spice. The other idea is you can use M&Ms. I can tell you this, when you're selling things, if you put those colored M&Ms in them, they seem to sell a lot better. And you can put them in there just right with the mix like you would with the chocolate chips. Or you can actually add them in afterwards. You got to frost them though, because you need the M&Ms to stick in the frosting. And the other thing we do is we use peanut butter. Now you could use almond butter or whatever type of butter you want to do. I, I would recommend the smooth version. We filmed this on a YouTube channel. So I filmed my Baker Mike adding in the peanut butter to the brownies. And that's before they're baked. What we do is we heat the peanut butter up in the microwave just for like a minute or two. It's not so much to get it hot, it's more of it to get it runnier. It's just easier to make the swirls. And you just swirl it on there so it's not rocket science. Just get some peanut butter on there. You can put as much as you want for your taste. I would probably start with like a half a cup and no more, unless you want a super peanut buttery brownie. The other thing you can add into the mix is your like dried cranberries, dried cherries. That'll give it kind of a festive look there. And you can use whatever dried fruit you want in the baking. And lastly, you can add on after baking option. I didn't think about this until now. We had tried a, it was for a, well, actually it was for another winery. They wanted a dessert. And so we made the brownies and then we swirled a raspberry jam on top. And that was pretty good. So raspberry and chocolate is a good combination. Now, another variation, but it's a, it's a completely different brownie. Well, it's not really a brownie. <laughs> is to use brown sugar and vanilla rather than chocolate in the batter. And that would be your blondie or your blonde brownie. For these brownies, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. It really depends on the size of your pan, how long to bake, but I'm going to suggest right around 30 minutes. It could go longer. So it could go 45 minutes if you've got a real thick. So if you're using a two inch thick pan, your batter, it's going to take a while to bake all of that. 
probably would try to find a container so you can get the batter to about one inch thick. So that'd be somewhere around, you know, you're a little bit bigger than an eight by eight square. So more like a, a rectangular. That's why I kind of mentioned the lasagna pan if you don't have a sheet pan. Or just think of your cookie, cookie sheets that have their, still have like a half an inch on each side. And what you want to do is you want to make sure you put a anti-sticking agent on that pan. Brownies stick and they're really hard to get out. And so what we do at the bakery is we take a non-stick spray. We spray the pan completely. Then we put a parchment paper down and then we spray again thoroughly. So the parchment paper will, will be covered as well. And then we put the brownies on the tray. And the reason why we spray like that is because you can pull off the parchment paper a lot easier if you spray, if you put it on the sprayed sheet and then spray again. And I've also, if you have tin foil and you prefer to use that, you can use tin foil too, but spray in the bottom and then spray on the tin foil itself and it'll be easier to take out. And you really should let your brownies cool. Try to let them cool for at least about a half an hour before you start cutting into them. And the other key thing is, is to not to over bake it. And so, you know, the toothpick test that we use in quick breads, you put it in the middle, if it comes out clean, you're good to go. Well, if you put the toothpick in the brownie in the middle and if it comes out clean, it's almost overbaked. Well, it is overbaked at that point. So it's almost like a, it should be a little tiny wet still in the middle because it's going to be overbaked on the outside by the time you get the middle done. So just think a little bit comes out on that toothpick, we're good. I mean, it still should be kind of firm on the top. And then if you look at your sides, the brownie should pull away from it. And so when you go to cut it, the other tip to do is if you have a thin bladed knife and what you can do is get a bowl of hot water and try to keep it in the hot water, make your cuts. And then if you need to wipe it off and then put it in the hot water again, it'll just cut through there a lot easier. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, I appreciate you taking your time to listening, and I can hope I have convinced you to give this, give brownies another shot, and don't buy those boxes, <laughs> and don't let your friends buy those boxes either, so you can tell them about this podcast and, and uh, how really super easy brownies are to make. Until next time, everybody, happy baking.